Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome along to another episode of Old Gold Club, My Golden Game. And this is the episode that perhaps at least one person has been desperate for. The man that I spend most of my weekends and at the (laughs) minute, uh, pretty much every couple of days, Andrew Thompson. How are you, my friend? I'm okay, how are you? I'm all right. Are you surprised that it's taken me this long to get you to do one of these? I am. I'm very surprised that you. I'm way down on the pecking order from your list, <laughs> uh, to be honest. So, but uh, yeah, so it's nice of you to ask me still, Michael. I think it's because, like, sometimes I forget the level that you are at in terms of this football club because I see you all the time and you're the guy that I take the mickey out of and that I no. provide that I provide half-time snacks for. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I forget that you are, like, the 11th highest appearance maker at the football club. And I know I say it every time we I introduce you, but you are a Hall of Famer. Which I'm very proud of as well. So, look, it's, it was nice to get it. Uh, and the club uh, gave me the award. So, it, it was a great night. So, look, I, I appreciate it. The Wolves held me in the way they did, and they actually gave me that accolade for the Hall of Fame so it, it, so I love the club I always have and it was just nice that so like it's that they thought that say it was time that you went into the Hall of Fame so with some prestige names already in it do you find it and slightly weird that kind of your association with the football club that has gone on now across the decades that you still are as enthusiastic about it and you know because i say i'm i'm privileged enough and you and i are privileged enough that we're the one of the few that get to go to games still sometimes i can tell how it's going by by the look on your face when i look across <laughs> well you, and i don't always say the way i feel like on there you can see the way i am when i'm there where my head goes back or um a big sigh when i'm looking at things and again it just it's just the way I feel about, about the team and the club. So, look, I've been associated with them for a long time and I'm still very passionate about when I watch it. So, and, and and we touched on as well about when we finish the game and when we're going back and we haven't played very well or we've lost and the result hasn't gone, it stays with you until the next game. And I, and you're thinking, what? why do I feel this way in the week? And I'm thinking, it's because of the result. And, and that's just still the way that I feel about it. It's, it can make or break your weekend or your week even until that next game comes up. Because what some people might not realise is that you're obviously a teacher. So, yeah. so through all this pandemic, you've still been working and then you still yeah. kind of come and c- cover games. So I wonder how much doing the commentaries with me is like your release from, from the pressures of everything else that's going on. Well, very much so. Also because of the lockdown and everything else. The only chance I get to go out is either food shopping or I come uh, to the matches with you. So, like, and this is a release for me. So, like, so that's why I'm all excited about it as well because uh, I want the Wolves to win. I want them to do as, as good as they can. Uh, and when we don't get that result, again, it's, it's not very well. When I go home and I've got to sit and stew over everything, I switch off Sky Sports. I can't watch it. So, like, even talk sports or all of the other 
uh, sports stations, I can't listen to them on the radio because I, I'm worried about them actually saying or bringing up about how the results gone and what we haven't done and what we, we should have done. It is one of those things, but it is a getaway for me. So it, it gives me that release to actually get out from outside. Well, I'm still staying at like, the screen when I'm with you, but I'm doing the remote learning from home with the, all, with the kids all the time. Your golden game, um, obviously we've had to go back a long way into the club's history. Oh, I'm surprised it's in colour, mate. I'm surprised it's in colour. Well, I mean, I've had to break out the the records book. To, <laughs> yeah, the gigantic, look at the thud of that. Pre-internet days, the 1988 Associate Members Cup Final, better known as the Sherpa Van. Yeah, got a free minibus for winning it as well. So there you go. <laughs> what you did or the club did? No, club did. Club, club got a Sherpa van, uh, van as well for it, which was uh, good. So you see, all the perks, all the perks. I love the idea that you individually got a free free minibus no. and you've just been driving a minibus around for the last 30 odd years. To be fair, mate, so I've got, uh, with the amount of people that went from round by my village and everything, I would have well and truly filled that minibus anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the Sherpa Van Trophy Final. Talk me through kind of the build-up to it because it's at the end of May and if I remember correctly, you'd all kind of gone off on a drinking holiday, hadn't you? We had, so look... Um... The manager, because we had a, between the end of the season and the Sherpa van, as you said, it was in May, there was about a three-week break. He had a plan about taking us away for a week, like as a training camp, which didn't really materialise as such. But he said he decided to take us out to get us away from everything because of the break. Uh, And it was a couple of weeks before the actual final itself. The manager decided that we'd go to Spain, um, Santa Ponza in Mallorca. So it was, uh, it was, it was interesting because so like again, he said it was just to keep the team spirit going, keep that momentum, and we went for the training camp, but it was more of relaxation and, and more than anything. Uh, but we were all focused on what we needed to do uh, and what we, what we was there for really. But again, he said it was quite relaxed on for the week in total. Really, you say that. Uh, I've heard from other people that are on that trip <laughs> that the what there was more drinking than anything else. Possibly, possibly there was there, there was a little probably a little bit more than there probably should have been with a, a final coming <laughs> up, and I'm sure that wouldn't be the preparation for a lot of people nowadays. But um, <laughs> I just think that the, the manager wanted to give us some kind of um, I don't know some camp that we could actually just make sure that we're all together still because we were still training because of the the, the, the ship van. But again, it's probably a little bit too much enjoyment rather than the, the training going on. But, it, it well, it proved to it worked. So that was the main thing. Um, but, yeah, so it, it, it was very memorable, you could say that. Weren't Burnley out there as well? Yeah, they were. So like, they went So it shows you the mentality of uh, the, the, the days of that football. So 30 odd years ago, the mentality of what it is, they would never even think of that now, would they? There'd be a, like a, a training camp somewhere else where there'd be no chance of anything like that coming on to a final. But yeah, so it was. They, they were out there um, because end of the season, that was the place that a lot of the, the football clubs went at that time. 
because uh, even when I went to Tranmere, we used to go there at the end of the season uh, for like what we've done in the league or whatever we've done. That was their kind of uh, reward for actually going. And but it was a bit different for us. We still had something to, to still going on. So it was, uh, yeah. It, look, say so I absolutely loved it. So look, it was nice. It was probably the first, well, it was the first time that we went to get away together as a whole team and the squad. So it was, uh, it was good. Were you in the same like place? I've got visions of like Burnley and Wolves players at the time, like fighting each no. other for sunbeds. No, we we went to a place called Santa Ponza, which is just outside Magaluf. So we were a little bit out of it uh, from the actual nightlife as such from there. But uh, no, we were in a separate place uh, called Santa Ponza. Okay. We weren't fighting for sunbeds. <laughs> With our Wolves tail. Yeah, exactly. Wolves towel and a Burnley towel. <laughs> I was going to try and ask Big Steve Davis, who of course played for Burnley that day, and he's now part of the Wolves Academy coaching staff. Yeah. We've talked to about it on Match Day Live Extras. So for the game itself, Tomo, I mean, it's one of those kind of iconic matches in terms of a bit like Chorley was in that there are fans who will claim to have been there that probably weren't, and whoever you talk to, the number of Wolves fans goes up and up. But What's it like? Because old Wembley, for, especially for younger fans that probably don't remember it, you had that really long walk because the yeah. tunnel was behind one of the goals. So what's that like? Well, I'll tell you what, so look, when you actually got there, so look, it was, uh, I've spoke about it probably to you as well, about the amount of fans that we actually saw travelling. So you knew what it meant to the club and everything before we even got into the stadium. But as you speak about there, so it was a long walk from behind the one of the goals. Um, but the roar, when you just first come out, it, it was nothing that I'd ever experienced before. The roar of just the Wolves fans, because I think there was nearly 50,000 Wolves fans there. Uh, and, it, and you're talking about a fourth division club here. A fourth division club who were struggling, um, Again, so the ground wasn't great, so we, we we was limited on fans what could actually come to the games. But to have fifty odd thousand people there supporting you was something that, and again, why I wanted to talk about it that it's it's something that always will live with me uh, forever. So look, it's just something unbelievable. The hairs on the back of your neck standing up, uh, people screaming, shouting, and everything else. It was it, it, I say it was hard to actually put into words out the feeling when you're coming out there. Because, I say, it's quite a long walk then because yeah. you have to, I say, go from, and they had like the Greyhound track around the old Wembley. So yeah, it's not like you literally emerged and you're on the pitch. So by the time you've actually stood to line up, it's, it's probably been a good couple of minutes. And I imagine the nerves, because you were still quite young at the time, yeah. are like flowing you. through you. Thank you. A compliment from you there, young. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it was. I like to say, I know. I know. We've always had great support. I know that we was uh, when we were in the fourth division when I went there that uh, things were tough. So look, and again, so look, with the state of what the ground was and when the teams that we were playing, no disrespect to them, they they weren't massive crowds. We weren't getting massive crowds. But to actually go there and you just see a sea of gold and black when you're coming out from the stadium. And as you touched on there, it's like about five, ten minutes by the time you get sorted out and get ready to go out, get your warm-up before the game and everything. 
So it, it was quite a long time to actually allow you to think about what's going on and what the extent these people are here for us to, to look to where to win. Because that year as well, we beat Burnley twice. I think it was 3-0 in both of the games. So people were expecting us to beat them. I think I think we even finished 20-odd points above them in the league. So everybody's expectation was on us a little bit. So you got that as well, all the crowd. But look, there's nothing better than playing in front of um, a full house. And again, it's, it's the most I've ever played in front of uh, with fans and especially the majority of them being Wolves. I was going to mention about the fact that, because you were obviously top and you'd already been promoted by this point. Yeah. And so to be such overwhelming favourites, the, there must be an element in that where maybe Burnley are kind of thinking they've got nothing to lose. And, and you had everything to lose because you've got 50,000 fans there. You say overwhelmingly expected to win the game. It's how you then go about it in that first 20 minutes, I guess. Yeah. But the thing is, though, we, we never changed the style of play, what we had. We all knew what we had to do. We all knew what, what jobs each individual player had within the team. Uh, we knew we could score goals. That was the biggest thing. I think Bully, again, 50 goals in a season. It was, it was a time where you got muchy, where you, you know you've got the upper hand. It was just making sure that we stuck to that. But we knew that if we st- stuck to our game plan, the way that we played, we know what our strengths were. Um, and, and again, so we, we knew there was a lot on it. There was a lot at stake, as you touched on there, about the crowd, about winning the league, about the expectations of us being favourites. But we we were confident in what we had as a team that we could win. And that's what we believed in. And and, and straight from the off, we, we probably dominate. Well, we did dominate the game. So it was... Um, it was just a, an amazing time that to play for the Wolves at, the, at that era. So, look, and again, getting the right result was the main thing, and, and fortunately, we, we did that. Um, uh, you mentioned Andy Much gets the goal. Uh, Robbie Dennison's free kick makes it two, and it's a, such a nonchalant, brilliant free kick in the way that he just kind of clips it over. Um are you you're a big pals with Andy Much? Do you think he ever feels like his goal gets eclipsed because everyone always talks about Deno's free kick? I'm gonna say because to be fair, like I, I know what he scored. Don't get me wrong. So, like, but, so the keeper didn't really do a good job of keeping it out. I don't think he generated any power uh, in it. But yeah, the way that Robbie scored the goal and and the thing is out that was something that Robbie did frequently as well. He was great at set pieces. So like his delivery was very good on free kicks. So in general, so it, it looks so it was it was overcast by a lot of the way that Robbie scored the goal and and the class that it was putting it into the top corner. So it was um, yeah, but look, he still got the accolade that he scored at Wembley in the in the cup final. So it's I'm sure that Mutchie will be uh, appreciating. Uh, well, I'll, we all know that he could talk a little bit as well. So um, no, it was it was great, and and, and I suppose Mutchie would think, okay, I've scored still, but say so, look, but. Denos was a very good goal, and and that was the so the, the point that we knew that we'd won the the Sherpa van because it was Mark Kendall in goal, Gary Bellamy, Floyd Street, Ali Robertson, Andy Thompson, uh, Phil Robinson, Robbie Dennison, Keith Downing, Steve Ball, Andy Much, Mickey Holmes as well, and Nigel Vaughan and Jackie Gallagher were the substitutes that had to come on because uh, Mickey Holmes went off half time. Yeah, and now. 
Ali, Ali as well. Just after, yeah. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Go on. No, I was just going to yeah. say, like, um, it, it's that, for an awful lot of fans, Tomo, that is an iconic team. I wonder how much, because you and Bully will know that, and you and Bully obviously get uh, an awful lot of adoration. You're around the club, you see a lot of people. And I guess, you know, Robbie Dennison's maybe had a little bit of that, and Andy Much whenever he comes back. But I wonder how much other people in that group know just how much they're appreciated for what you all did. Yeah, I, I think there's only probably me and Steve who actually live still in the area. That's probably one of the reasons why as well. So I think everybody else, well, I, can tell, I know Robbie lives over uh, by Birmingham way. I know Keith Downing lives over uh, Bromsgrove, I think it is. So I think there's only really me and Bully that actually still live around the area. And I think once you go out to the area as such, okay, you're still going to have your Wolves fans. Don't get me wrong because they're everywhere. But I think being actually within the vicinity of the city and the club itself, that you do hear about what people think and what people judge you on a lot more uh, on it. And, and again, it's, it's great that people can still remember that far back, as you keep referring to as well. But <laughs> but, uh, but it, is, it, is, it is nice that people can still remember that time that we actually were in the fourth division and, and winning it, Sherpa Van, third division the following year as well, that... That was a big turning point for the club, and and again, being a Wolves fan as well, it, it was important to me. Um, there was a couple of other games you were considering for your golden yeah. game. Again, I mean, they're kind of pre-internet, so uh, there was a Sheffield United one you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, which gave us uh, the promotion, wasn't it? Was it eighty eight, eighty nine, or something that we went into that, and we both needed. Well, they needed a point to go up as well um, and we needed a point to win the league and I think so I think both were very happy with the result that it went out but again 1-0 up in that game um, I think Sheffield United went 2-1 up and then I think Denos again scored an equaliser to make it two each yeah so it's it, it looks like it, there, there was there was fine margins within that as well but like I say Sheffield United were the team that were pushing us all the way in that season but for us to actually get there and get that victory to get the promotion and for both teams to do it on the same day was great. Um, in my records book in here, it has like a little kind of did you know that section on the side of that season because uh, that was the first year that Bully got England recognition in that season. Yeah. Um, and then brilliant. Uh, it was also by clinching. Hang on, let me read this into the microphone. By clinching the third division championship, Wolves created history by becoming the first team to win five sections of the football league, divisions one, two, three, three north and four. And then at the bottom of it, it just says, Andy Thompson captained Wolves. <laughs> yeah, so you know, very important points. So yeah, so a rarity as well. So look, I think that that was probably the one time or maybe there was another one. Can't really remember. But yeah, again, it's, it's it's always nice to captain your team, uh, and the Wolves as well, and gain promotion. So, look, so it was. Um, it, I absolutely loved the time, even though say there was difficult things going on around the club. But I think that's what made us strong. I think that was the thing that gave us that will 
to to win games and try and get the club back uh, into winning ways. And, and that was the thing for me. So like it was it was a massive gamble for me to come from West Brom because they with the stadium and their setup and everything like and to come to us. But as I've said before to you, you get a feeling about a place that something's going to happen. And and it did when I come to Wolves. And and that was the thing for me that I thought it's my home team. So it, you, basically your, your heart comes into it as well. Um, but I just felt with all the problems that were going on and what was happening to it, because living in the area, you hear everything that's going on. I just thought it was the right decision and choice for me. Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Join the pack. Become a 2021 member online today. Whether you're a dribbler joining for the first time or an international fan supporting from afar, being a Wolves member gets you an exclusive joining gift, £10 Megastore voucher, and exclusive offers from Wolves and our partners. For more information and to join, visit membership.wolves.co.uk.